Hello, and welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. We are four homeschooling mamas with a combined 32 years of experience homeschooling our 12 kids, and our homeschools are anything but Pinterest perfect. Whether you are a veteran homeschooler, a new homeschooler, or just homeschool curious, we want to encourage you in your homeschooling journey and offer you practical tips and tools to make your homeschooling life easier. We're so glad you're here. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. I'm so excited to talk with my friends about today's episode, self-care and preserving relationships in a homeschool family. I think this is such an important topic and one that we could probably talk about for hours and hours, but we're just going to jump right in and get started. I really want to talk to you guys about self-care because I have been homeschooling for eight years and at least half of those years I have found myself burnout. And I feel like I'm getting better as I get older and wiser. And maybe I've been doing it a little longer and it does help that my children are a little older. But I think it's so common for homeschool moms to be burnout because you are doing all the things and wearing all the hats. So have you guys ever struggled with burnout? What did that look like? And how did you come out of it? How much time do you have? <laughs> well, this isn't a therapy session. This is no, no, so. no, I know, I know. No, I always joke, but it's the truth. I feel like I was in a like a yoke pants for, for about eight years. And it took me a very long time to find my balance between all of these things. So even though I might have things that are a joy to me and that are fulfilling to me, you can have a lot of things going on that are joyful. It doesn't mean you're not going to burn out or that it's not too much. So I've had to learn just how to cut back, when to take breaks, how to build break time into my day so that I have it during the day and I'm just not running full steam every minute. There's definitely been times of burnout caused by different things too. It's not always the same thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's hard when you have littles. Mm-hmm. just because they require attention. There's no such thing as independent work when you have littles. And so my kids are all close in age. They're 10, 11, and 12 right now. And I can send them to do things and I can send them to work on stuff. And they say, can I take this downstairs or can I take this to my room? And yeah, you can. And I don't have to be there to supervise to make sure you're not putting marbles in your mouth. You know, like <laughs> having littles just requires so much mental energy that I think it's a combination of we get better at this homeschooling stuff. We kind of get our groove and our kids get older. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in the trenches and you have littles kind of biting at your ankles, it gets better. I promise. And you're going to get there and you're going to get your wheels under you and you're going to be ready when they get older. You're going to be in your groove. Burnout for me comes when I don't say the word no. Mm -hmm. To quote Kevin Lehman, I don't give people a dose of vitamin N. John doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't want me to do anything. Don't volunteer. We need you here. Why are you doing this? That's how we balance each other, right? I want to do everything. He wants to do nothing. So right in the middle is where we should be. When the kids were little, he had a one board only rule for me that I could only serve on one board, whether it be church board or the board of a nonprofit that we support. I had to pick one. And I kind of Like, who are you to tell me what to do with my time? But he was right. When the kids are younger, maybe we have to step back from overly volunteering Mm -hmm. and committing just for a season and then do those things well that we say yes to rather than keep running, which is what I was doing. Well, I feel like there can be a heavy stage at different seasons too. Like I totally agree about when you have littles, but when my girls got older, as they got more independent, we also added evening activities for them, piano, dance things like that. And for a lot of families, that's sports. And so you're trading off for a different kind of 
stress. And so there's constant shifts, you know, they change all the time. They're growing all the time. When they're little, the needs change every three months. And it's just a constant readjusting of your own self. I feel like I've had to rejig my own daily routine with every seasonal change. And now I'm getting to the point where they're old enough, mine are five and eight. And I feel like my routine has stuck for a while. But, you know, I'm learning too that it's self-care really is about the everyday. It's those small things. And, you know, one of us mentioned kind of the typical self-care stuff, like, yes, we want to go get a massage or get your nails done and do all that. But it's the small stuff that you build into your routine. I feel like that makes the biggest difference to me. If I don't get outside and get some fresh air, some sunshine, some exercise, and it doesn't have to be strenuous. I don't need to run a 5k. I just need to walk, you know, around the block. If I don't do that, then I can feel myself start to deflate pretty quickly. Vitamins matter to me. Probiotics make a huge difference in my energy level and my feelings of health and well-being, just my body feeling good. And if I let any of those things go, if I'm not eating well, not getting enough water, all that, all the stuff everybody knows. But if I let <laughs> that go, like we all know these things, right? Yep. We've all been told a hundred times. If I don't pay attention to those things, I get too wrapped up and too busy and I don't get up from my desk every 30 minutes and move around during the day and do something else and relax my eyes from staring at the screen. Then, yeah, I'm, I'm not as good as I could be for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's a downward spiral. Yes. A lot of it is just mindfulness and paying attention to what you're giving yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I I'm like a big believer in that if the mom is not healthy and happy and thriving, then the family's going to suffer. And, you know, of course, we're still going to have hard days and stuff. But I think for many years, when my kids were younger, because like we were talking about, the little kids just require so much of your attention. They need you instantly. You have to keep interrupting anything you're doing for your kids because they need you on just such a different level that I got so used to deprioritizing myself to just make sure I was meeting all of their needs and then feeling guilty as a wife to make sure that my husband's needs were being met and that I became like the lowest priority in my family. And our whole family suffered immensely for that. Now I've learned, you know, like I know Heather is really good about this. It's not selfish for me to want some time to myself. Heather is so awesome. Like every year her family goes skiing and she doesn't ski. She just is in the condo, enjoying herself, reading books, taking time for herself. And like, you don't feel guilty about it. And I've always thought that's so amazing that you can do that. And I used to feel guilty of just going out, you know, and PS going to get groceries is not a break. (laughs) You're still doing work. It's, you know, maybe less taxing because your kids aren't there, but that doesn't count, you know, Mm -hmm. like a walk by yourself. Sure. Yeah. Lock yourself in your room for a few minutes. This morning I did that. The kids and I knew my youngest was going to start following me right in. And I literally waved at him as I shut the door and locked it in his face and said, I just need a minute, buddy. (laughs) I wasn't mean about it. And he said, oh, okay. He knows. Oh, mom's door shut. She needs a minute. But it's so easy as a homeschool parent because you're just juggling so much to all of a sudden find out that, you know, yeah, you haven't taken a vitamin in a year and you're wearing only yoga pants and you don't feel right. You know, you're surviving on scraps, basically. There's no shame or guilt in being in that survival mode space. Like we all have times of that. So no one listening to this should feel like, oh, I'm a failure because I've lived in yoga pants for eight years. I know a lot of people are very happy with their yoga pants and their joggers mm-hmm. and have been celebrating this pandemic year of joggers. You know, I've oh, like, never going back to joggers. The year of right <laughs> I'm wearing joggers right now sure. and I'm loving joggers. them. Joggers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's all has to do with what 
you need and what makes mm-hmm. you feel good. And mm-hmm. that's different for everyone. Right. It was really important for me a year ago, right now. It was actually the week before the pandemic hit and we went into lockdown. I went shopping in a store for myself for clothes for the first time since my daughter was mm. born actual shopping and like remembered what it was like to do that get up in the morning to put on makeup so whereas everyone's gone one way I feel like towards the more athleisure way the pandemic hitting and being on camera all the time for work and stuff has actually helped motivate me towards getting back to getting dressed every morning doing my hair putting on makeup and that has been good for me but that's not necessarily what's going to be good for everyone so it really just has to do with what is it that makes you feel like you yeah and if you're not feeling like you why are you not feeling like you? And what do you need to do to get back to feeling like you? Because I think some of us, we lose that sense of who am I? I'm not just mom. I'm not just Mm -hmm. the person with spit up on my shirt. Where's the me underneath that? And however that looks for you is what you need to find. That will be your good self-care. Right. I think it's important to know what drains you and what refreshes you. Yeah. I was thinking back a season or two ago when my boys were in soccer and it was kind of like a dinnertime soccer But I would take my boys to the soccer field and other moms, Lindsay being one of them, would be hanging out at the picnic tables (laughs) talking. And I stayed in my car because that is what I needed at that time. I was around my kids all day, every day. And yes, some days I needed to go there and socialize with the other women. But some days I just needed to sit in my car and have the quiet. And like Harmony said, and not feel guilt or shame about that. Because knowing what you need and what is going to refresh you is vital. Absolutely. Yep. I love it. Everybody's like all passionate about this, the self-care. I think because we all have struggled with like seasons of burnout. Well, I think we get so many messages constantly on social media through books about what good self-care should look like and what we should need. We're all different and it's okay to be different. It's just okay to be unique and to have unique needs. And some people are introverts and some are extroverts and we all have different Enneagram numbers and Myers-Briggs combos. And therefore we all need different things. So mm-hmm. there's no guilt in simply being yourself with your own unique needs. I bullet journal. And so I do a habit tracker for every month and then I track when I do certain things. I just flipped to March because we're recording this in March. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 things on my habit tracker. Now I do not do some of them every day. I do morning pages from Julia Cameron. And so did I do my morning pages today? I make my bed because we have a king size bed in a tiny master bedroom. It takes up 90% of the room. So if it's not made, the 90% of the room is messy. So it just helps me when I walk into that room. Oh, it's made. Mm -hmm. And the sheets are straight when I'm ready to crawl in at night. Even if I look Mm -hmm. on my habit tracker and it's been three or four days since I made my bed and I'm a little crabby, that's one thing I can do that's going to let me wind down at night and not be (sighs) when I'm going to bed. Another thing that's on there, did I do yoga or did I walk? Similar to Harmony, I need some sort of physical activity that isn't farming. That's just me just using my body rather than chasing sheep or helping with horses or whatever. I have brushing my teeth on there. I'm 44 years old and I still have to remind myself <laughs> to brush my teeth every day. It's okay. You're not alone. Right. It's okay to put those things down. Those are good self-care things. And we need a reminder like, oh yeah, I, I made sure other people brush their teeth today, but I didn't. Vitamin. I'm trying to eat salad more, like getting a lot of more leafy greens into my diet. 
And that's on my checklist. Did I eat salad? And has it been three days since I've had a salad? Oh, that could be why I'm irritable. So whatever it is that makes you feel on target or on schedule or like yourself, even if they're just little things like brushing your teeth and making your bed, just a little reminder to take a few moments and do things that speak care to you. I just went through a 28-day Rediscover Me challenge in February, and one of the modules that she had you do was an upgrade to choose something that you need to upgrade, anything from piece of exercise equipment to new underwear to a better facial moisturizer. And it didn't have to be something expensive, but once in a while to say, what do I need to upgrade? Do I need to upgrade my nail file and just get a better one? Do I need to upgrade my tweezers? (laughs) You know, And I thought that was a great little practice to sort of just improve your self-care in a small way. Yeah, it doesn't have to be complicated. Mm -hmm. No. One of the things I did to treat myself, that's another important of self-care. What is a gift you can give yourself? I joined the Jen Hatmaker Book Club because it sends me a really good book that I probably wouldn't have picked for myself every month. And then there's a Facebook group and, you know, there's some community there. They do interviews with the authors, etc. So I joined that. And it's 35 bucks a month and it's the best 35 bucks I spend on myself. Because when that book comes, I know I have to book a date to read it. Me and the book, we're having a date. I don't want to be interrupted. I want to take time, maybe have a nice coffee, whatever. Even if it's just in my own home, just to be intentional with that time. I know I have to block out this mm-hmm. is time where I'm going to read this book. So one of the discussions that they had just a couple weeks ago on there was what can nighttime Annie do to help morning Annie? How can you just take a few minutes in the evening to prepare for a better, smoother morning. And I thought, oh my gosh, yes. Because if, if the first 45 minutes to an hour of my morning goes pretty well, the day is probably going to go pretty well. So that just gave me a little challenge. What can I set in place so that our mornings are a little smoother? Maybe it's that I set out their schoolwork rather than them having to ask me for it. It's already on the table, ready to go. And I don't have to come on, settle in, get started. Here's this. Oh, wait, I forgot to copy that off. Just having everything ready for them. So what could you do nighttime you to help morning you? Yeah, that's great. I love that. We had a pastor at a church we used to go to and he had a little phrase that always said, tomorrow starts today. And that has really stuck with our family. And I know I have seen the the nighttime meet. And one thing I've been doing in that is trying to actually go to bed at a decent hour because I've been reading some really interesting fiction books lately that have been keeping me up way too late. So as much as I want to read that next chapter, I just have to tell myself, no, Lindsay, like you're just going to stop here for tonight. You're not going to get enough sleep if you keep reading you know, go to bed on time. Another thing that I've had to learn to do as well is just ask for help, whether that's from my husband or a friend, or, you know, if my kids need help with a subject like a tutor or something like that, and not being afraid to ask for help, asking for help doesn't make me weak. It makes me strong for my myself personally, asking for help means therapy and an antidepressant medication, which has made a big difference in my self-care is taking my medicine every day. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You might have to go to somebody that you might not normally think of to ask for help. But generally, I think people want to help each other out. Or pay for help. Pay for help. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. If you can and if you need to pay for help, for sure. And I think be clear to our friends and spouses what we need. It took me a while to work up to be able to say to John, I need Thursdays off the farm by myself to get stuff done. And sometimes that's hard to ask for what you need. Maybe it's, I need you to take the kids on Sunday afternoon or whatever it looks like for you. Sometimes it's saying no to your friends. Sometimes people, because you are home, they think that they can just drop their kids off with you. Does that happen to you guys? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Or they just think you're the town babysitter because you're already home and you already have children there for sure. And, you know, there's been times where I was lucky to have, uh, especially when we lived in Michigan, a great community of homeschool moms who we did help each other out when we had the one of your three or four kids needs to go to the dentist and you don't want to drag the other three. Totally different situation, right? But we would work around each other's schedules and things like that. When my husband read the homeschooling dad's book, it said, as the dad, you need to protect your family's time and that people will ask your wife if she's home to do all these things because they just think she's home, you know, help her put good boundaries around her time and energy because you're going to need it. And that was really wise advice, you know, good boundaries and and just clear expectations are absolutely necessary to self-care. And, you know, they're not the bubble baths and the pedicures that we're thinking of when people talk about self-care a lot, but I think the boundaries and clear expectations and um, prioritizing yourself go a lot further (laughs) than a good pedicure. Ladies, this has been such a good conversation. And like I said at the beginning, I know we could talk about this for so much longer, but we are getting short on time for tonight. And actually, this is our last episode for season two. So we want to leave the listeners today just with some encouragement for their homeschool, whether that's in regard of marriage, self-care, any of the subjects we talked about in general. Annie, what would you like to share with our listeners as we wrap up season two? I would like to share, it's hard in the spring. It's hard for seasoned homeschool moms. It's hard for beginner homeschool moms. The weather gets nice and we want to be outside. And why do we have to keep doing this stuff? And maybe we're getting to the end of textbooks. It can be a hard time to school. Keep in mind, traditional schooling options have the same problem. And it's called spring fever. And all kids and even teachers, I can tell you for a fact, this teacher also got spring fever. And so maybe that's where we tweak a little bit. In our homeschool, we had a trampoline for years. I think my kids literally wore it out. But we can't leave it up all year round because the snow load would stretch it out. So there was a day in the fall when snow was predicted. So the day before, we would take the trampoline down and it was a very sad day. And then in the spring when we felt pretty safe about putting it up. That was a school holiday. We just love trampoline day. But then once it was up, we could do our math and kids are bouncing and I'm calling out math facts. And you know, you can change that. We do not have to confine our studies to indoors, particularly when the weather is nice. Take advantage of that. Take a blanket outside, lay on your lawn, go to a park, go for a hike. Just take advantage of that. Don't fight those natural urges that both kids and adults have to be outside and do something different. Roll with it and use it to build in those learning opportunities. It's good advice. Heather? I would say to those moms who might be feeling as they're approaching springtime that they didn't feel like they did enough this year, you did. I know I've been there. I've been in this time of year and I've looked at the year and say, you know, maybe I'm only halfway through a textbook or something like that. And just feeling like I didn't do enough. I'm not a good homeschool mom. You know, my kids would be better off somebody else. And that's just a lie. I think if you feel that conviction, you did enough. You're doing fine. That's awesome. That's so true. How about you, Harmony? You know, even on a daily basis, don't feel like you need to check all the boxes. There's always another day tomorrow and you just keep going and keep pressing forward at the pace that makes sense for your family. I have a couple of friends actually who they don't make lesson plans per se. They write down what they do every day. Yeah, I got done list instead of a to-do list. Yeah, I got done list instead of a to-do list so that you're not 
worried about, oh my gosh, look at all these things I didn't accomplish. Focus on what you do accomplish, what you're able to accomplish and relationships first. Always put relationships first and the rest will follow. Absolutely. I think that my advice is just that you know your kids best and whatever that looks like, you know, schooling or otherwise. Right now, I'm actually currently only homeschooling one kid right now because my oldest two last week enrolled in public school and it wasn't something we were planning to do right away, but moving to a new state during a pandemic has proved pretty hard for them to make new friends. And they were just really interested in seeing and meeting new kids. And because there's only about 10 weeks left in the school year here, we thought it was a perfect time for them to try low stakes. You can give it a try for the next couple months, see how you like school, and then we can reevaluate in the summer. And I've had, you know, some hesitation and some sadness. I'm also excited for them. You know, they've been homeschooled since day one. So this was like their first ever day of of school was seventh and fifth grade. <laughs> but I knew that those social relationships were just really important to them, especially to feel kind of like members of our new community. And, you know, we're only a couple of days in, but they're doing great. They're really enjoying it so far. They're definitely not loving having to get up early. But I could just see that, you know, like we had been homeschooling for the few weeks we've been here after the move. And especially my oldest was just really struggling with not getting like social time and really missing friends. So, you know, while I don't know if this will be the end of homeschooling for them or if they'll come back. But I can tell you that I already can tell that this is what they needed in this season. And we feel really good about it. My little guy is loving his you know, time at home. And I can tell you going from teaching fifth, seventh and second grade to only second grade has been some good self-care for me too. It takes quite a bit off of my load. Well, ladies, thank you so much for this episode and another great season. You've been listening to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find links to all the books and resources we mention on the show at our website, therelatablehomeschoolers.com. We would love to hear your homeschooling questions. You can email us at therelatablehomeschoolers at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Relatable Homeschoolers. We'd love it if you leave a rating and review for us on iTunes. It only takes a minute and we'll ensure more homeschooling mamas get to hear our show. We'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, happy homeschooling. Schooling.